Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, welcome to the Multi-Imperious Man Podcast. I am your host, Jay Vincent, and this is episode 602, Don't Let Me Down. As always, you can reach the Multifarious Man on Instagram and Twitter at Multifarious Man and find links to all previous episodes of the show along with essays and reviews at www.multifariousman.com. On today's episode, I'm talking about movies and albums that didn't live up to the hype or failed to capture the magic of the original. Now, there are many reasons why this might happen. Sometimes it's as simple as a new creative team being tied to the project. Um, In TV and film, when a character is recast, even a minor one, it can have a dramatic impact on the story elements. In music, it could be a change in producers, writers, or themes And it can be the difference of um, a band having a one hit or having a long career. Now, even a prize winning novelist can suffer through the dreaded sophomore slump. Later on in the show, I will share my thoughts on a couple of shows I'm currently watching. One's a rewatch and the other is just something that I simply missed when it was first run. So sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Numerous and varied, greatly diverse and manifold All the things I want to say that never been told Dina Sinatra to Drake and Pharrell What I'm listening to this week, you can never tell Bogey and Bacall, even Meryl Streep The devil wears Prada, even the big sleep It doesn't matter where you stand I'm the multifarious man Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to the Multifarious Man podcast, episode 602. Don't let me down. Sometimes a show, movie, or album captures your attention 
so well that you just can't wait to share more time in the world or hear more amusing, uh, more amazing music from the singer or band. Now, what happens when you get the more you ask for only to be let down by the sequel? Now, here's my list in no particular order of some forms of entertainment that, in my opinion, just didn't live up to the promise. Now, first up, a little movie that came out um, in the early 80s called Staying Alive. Now, here's the background. In 1977, Saturday Night Fever was a phenomenon that made John Travolta a verified superstar. It had an amazing soundtrack by the Bee Gees who were taking the world by storm at the same time. Five years later, we got a sequel that no one, I mean no one asked for, Staying Alive. Tony Manero, which was Travolta's character in the original movie, used to be the king of the disco floor. This time he has his eyes set on being a successful Broadway dancer. Not even Travolta's charm and charisma um, and naming it after a hit BG song from the first album, Staying Alive. Um, it couldn't save this from being a bomb. I mean, I distinctly remember it coming out and seeing it. Now, I probably didn't see it in the theaters. I probably saw it on VHS for those of us who remember VCRs. I just remember dialogue being bad, storyline not being memorable. I'm sorry. You, you know, when you have the magic that is, um, that is Saturday Night Fever, um, and heck, even, you know, the movie Grease, I mean, Travolta was on a, a winning streak. He had, you know, done those. He was known for his moves. And here he is in spandex and um, leotards and, you know, wearing a um, a sweatband and leg warmers in a movie staying alive. I'm sorry. It's it, if you ask me, the character should have just stayed where he was in Brooklyn. You know, you had a great ending um, in the original movie. I just really didn't care what happened to him after that. I mean, sometimes you're interested, but this was not one of those cases. Um, if you haven't seen it, go out and check it out. I mean, you might like it, but again, this is my opinion. Next on my list is Speed 2, Cruise Control. Now, what happens when you take the blockbuster Speed, starring Keanu Reeves as an L.A. SWAT team member, Jumping to action to save a bus load full of passengers from a bomb that'll explode if the speed falls with below 50 miles per hour. Now you replace Keanu with Jason Patrick of Lost Boys fame and the speeding bus with a speeding cruise ship. You get a box office bomb. Aside from the uninspired script and wooden act and wooden acting. I mean, I love Jason Patrick. You know, he went on to do some amazing movies. Blow um, is one of them. Um, it might have been Blow or something. Something where, no, no, no. Something where he, you know, was the undercover cop. It may not have been Blow. I may have the movie name wrong, but doesn't matter. He's a good actor. This was a horrible premise, horrible movie. Um, Sandra Bullock, lover. She just couldn't save it. She returned from the original movie. She probably wishes that she did the same thing that Keanu did and passed. So what do you get? You know, the original movie had a speeding bus. It had action, had excitement. You know, you're on the edge of your seat. Everything's moving, constantly moving, kinetic action. You know, 
Go, 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 go. A lumbering cruise ship <laughs> on an open sea does not give the viewer any sense of speed because there's nothing in the ocean to compare it to. Without other vehicles, people, trees, buildings, anything. Um, your mind has no way to determine how fast the boat is going. So the common movie goer understands miles per hour. Heck, even kilometers per hour for those outside of the U.S. There might be two people on the entire earth that know what the heck a knot is as far as speed. So just the premise alone, you, you just can't recreate the formula from an original movie. I mean, sure, you know, you have a blockbuster and I'm sure there were people sitting in the room and it's like, yeah, we just, you know, just give me speed on a boat. You know, there was a time in the, you know, in the 80s after Die Hard, people were coming up with movies and they were like, it's Die Hard on a train. Shout out to you, Under Siege, which was actually a good movie. But still, you just can't take the same premise and move it to a different location and think you're going to have the same lightning in the bottle. It doesn't always happen. Even if you have talented people in it, William Defoe chewing up um, the screen as a villain, eh, you're not always going to get what you're looking for. This should have been a hard pass. We should have all been smart like Keanu Reeves and said, eh, I don't think so. But for those that see it, saw it, I'm sorry. Um, I'd like to apologize to everyone out there. There really was nothing that could save this movie. Now, the next one's on the list. It's kind of a twofer. And the reason it's a twofer, because they were, they were just both too terrible. Um, Jaws 3 in 3D. And Jaws 4, The Revenge. Jaws and Jaws 2 are classics. Full stop. Jaws 3 added 3D. This was a gimmick that everyone was adding to movies in the 80s. I even think there was a Friday the 13th that was in 3D. Mistake. Um, how do you make a fake shark look even faker? You add 3D. That's how you do it. Now... As bad as that movie was, and you know, even Nia Peebles couldn't save it. For those of those of us of a certain age, we know Nia Peebles from the TV show Fame, um, and Dennis Quaid, who was probably this was probably around the same time he did Inner Space, a few other things, Dreamscape. He, he was hot property. Yeah, no mistake, shouldn't have been made. Even worse is Jaws Four: The Revenge. Jaws for the Revenge gave the shark a personality and a personal vendetta against Sheriff Brody, who was, you know, Roy Scheider from the first two movies, his family. So basically, the offspring of the sharks from the first two movies is upset um, that the sheriff killed both, you know, the sharks. So now this shark is literally hunting down members of the Brody family in the Caribbean. Can't make this stuff up. Um, even comical appearance by Mario Van Peebles, who love him as a director, writer, actor, um, but him in a um, a wig wearing locks with a horrible um, Jamaican some something in the Caribbean accent couldn't save this movie. In fact, it made it comical. Um, shout out, no, you know, this is no attack on Mario Van Peebles, his father, 
Um, Melvin Van Peebles, you know, as I'm recording this episode, was announced that he passed away at the age of 89. If you haven't had a chance to see this man's um, history as a director, he's made some amazing films um, in the 70s. Um, look him up. Go on the Wikipedia site, IMDb. Look at what this man has done. So not attacking the Van Peebles family, but I'm sorry, Jaws 4, 4 was horrible I, I want my revenge on the makers of this film um now moving on to some music um album double up now in 1997 mace or ma dollar sign e um released the album harlem world now he was on the top of the world bad boy biggie everything everything he touched was turning to gold that first album went nearly five times platinum had amazing singles amazing videos nothing that mace could do was wrong Harlem world i still can go back and listen to that album two years later he released double up i can't remember a single song from this album nothing like i had to look it up and i couldn't even remember what the album cover looked like no nothing drawing a blank not only that the album gets released Short time after it being released, Mace decided to retire and from rap and become a pastor. I have nothing against someone coming to the Lord, finding Jesus, being born again. Nothing could have saved this album. You know, it's almost like he turned to the cloth because this album was so bad. Um, I, I think I might have got it on Columbia House because if I did, I'm glad I didn't waste money buying it. Hopefully somebody I knew had it. Um, but yeah, no, want my money back. Um, I thought I told you that we won't stop. Yeah, they stopped that. It, yeah. Garbage. Garbage. Um, yeah, that that's enough of that. Um, the next one kind of hurts my heart. Um, a little album called Fairweather Johnson. Now, Hootie and the Blowfish. What can I say about Hootie and the Blowfish? Their debut album, Crack Rearview, is one of the best-selling albums of all time. All time. It achieved two-time diamond status. Diamond is 10 million albums sold. Sold over 21 million copies of this album in the United States alone. So we're not talking about worldwide numbers. U.S. alone had seven singles that were released. I love this album. If it was, if I had it on vinyl or if I had it on audio um, tape, it would have warped. I played it so much. Had it on CD, the case was cracked. Played this song, played this album so much. Love it. Had videos with personality. The group was beloved. I love Hootie and the Blowfish. I'll fight anyone that tells me otherwise. A joke when I was in college, People said I look like Hootie. Called me Hootie. Wore a baseball hat. Had a goatee. Everything. I've I've signed autographs at parties with people thinking I'm Hootie, or rather Darius Rucker to, to the, those that don't know. Um, so there was nothing personal about this. It was just a huge let letdown. I mean, the album did go triple platinum, but again, that was on name recognition alone. They could have basically just dropped anything, and they did, um, and they would have sold, but I'm just, I'm really disappointed. And I'm one of the, I'm a big stand for Hootie and the Blowfish. I love Darius Rucker as a country artist. This was a major 
disappointment. Just there's no two ways about it. Major disappointment. Um, that's it for my list. Um, I'm sure I could think of some more. It was a brief list, but I'm sure there are people out there that want to shout out about the Matrix sequels, um, the Star Wars prequels and sequels. Um, but I would love to hear your thoughts. So something new on the show. Give me a call on the new Multifarious Man podcast voicemail line and leave me a message with your list of albums, um, movies, even books um, that were let down. The number is area code 904-419-3561. Again, that's area code 904-419-3561. Your list may just be played on a future episode. Do you agree with my choices? Call me up. Let me know. So after this break, um, I'm going to tell you about a couple of shows that I'm streaming right now. So sit back and I will be back after this. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the show. Episode 602. Don't let me down. In today's final segment, I'm going to tell you about a couple of shows that I am currently streaming. The first up is the Sci-Fi Channel original series Haven. The show ran on Sci-Fi Channel from July 2010 through December 2015 for a total of 78 episodes. Haven was loosely based on the Stephen King novel, The Colorado Kid, which admittedly I have never read. It should be noted that you don't need to know anything about the source material to be able to enjoy the show. Now, I watched every episode during its original run and enough time has passed for me to enjoy the second viewing as new and fresh. What starts out as very formulaic monster calamity of the week slowly unveils itself to be a series-long mystery that reveals itself at an entertaining pace that keeps you coming back for more. The premise is that the town of Haven and its inhabitants suffer from the troubles, in quotes, which manifest themselves in the form of various powers or events that impact the town. The town's main characters, which include Audrey Parker, um, played by Emily Rose, Nathan Warnos, played by Lucas Bryan, and Duke Crocker, which some of you know is Eric Balfour of Six Feet Under, and as my wife pointed out, um, the sci-fi movie Skyline. They're three-dimensional with full backstories and major story arcs. The ability to binge watch via streaming service, in this case Roku's free tier, has allowed me to be more engaged because the storylines and characters remain fresh in my mind. When you can watch several episodes in a single setting, 
I'm really enjoying it second time through. I'm noticing things that I missed the first time, clues, all the things that are building up along the course of the show. Um, it's, it's definitely worth watching. You'll see some familiar place, um, faces, even Jason Priestley. I forgot he shows up, um, for some episodes, um, here in, I'm in season two. Um, if you hadn't watched it or you didn't get a chance the first time, definitely worth giving it a shot. Um, you won't be disappointed. Now, next up is a show called White Collar. Now, it was a USA Network show that ran from October 2009 through December 2014 for a total of 81 episodes. Now, it was on the same run as other USA Network shows such as In Plain Sight, Burn Notice, and Royal Pains, which I definitely watched. Um, so it's odd to me looking back that I simply skipped it during its initial run. Now, now that I think of it, um, I didn't own a TiVo or have a DVR um, with my cable. So uh, unless I watched it when it was on, I would have probably needed to use my VCR to record it. Um, nowadays, I can watch White Collar via IMDb TV um, through their app or on, via the web or on Amazon Prime. Now, the premise of this show is very straightforward. A career con man is released in the custody of the FBI white collar division in order to help them catch criminals. This, you know, happens all the time in different shows or movies where, you know, if you think about it, um, 48 hours, you know, Reggie Hammond was, you know, Eddie Murphy's character was got out of jail by Nick Nolte's character to try to catch some criminals. So this happens. This is a premise that's used a lot. Now, um, the deal requires the main protagonist, whose name is Neil Caffrey, to be under the supervision of FBI agent Peter Burke. Now, Neil has to wear an ankle monitor and can only move unsupervised within a two-mile radius of his apartment. Now, this all takes place in New York City and Manhattan, so within two miles of, you know, where he is in Midtown, he can pretty much do a lot. Now, I admit, the only reason I started watching this show was because I recently discovered that one of my TV crushes from years past, Hillary Burton, Peyton Sawyer from One Tree Hill, is a recurring character on the show. So that made me have some interest. Now, what does keep me coming back um, is each episode, there's camaraderie that builds between Neil and his surrogate FBI family, which includes his FBI handler and his wife, who's played by none other than Tiffany Thiessen of Saved by the Bell. Shout out to those Kelly Kapowski fans and two of the agents that work on the case. Now, a breakout character, in my opinion, um, was Neil's fellow con man slash mentor, Mozzie, um, played by the amazing Willie Garson. Now, sadly, um, at the time of this recording today, um, it was announced that Mr. Garson has passed away at the age of 57. Um his humanity and humor leap from the screen whenever he was in a scene. Um, he also had a standout performance as the character Stanford Blatch on the series Sex and the City um, on HBO, along with both the theatrical releases, you know, parts one and two. And it's from my understanding, he was actually working on the new series, the reboot that's being filmed right now. Um, the show is just fun. It's enjoyable. Um, and not only due to the case of the week, trying to figure out how Neil is going to use his skills as a con man to help them catch 
um, the crook of the week. Um, but it's the relationships, the character growth. It's really the show is about family. Um, Neil is trying to discover his history. He grew up in the foster system. Um, so finding out about his parents, where he comes from, his influences, and he and the FBI agent, um, they actually, Peter, him and Peter Berg, they actually form like a father-son relationship. So it's actually really enjoyable um, to see them in the cat and mouse game each week. Um, is Neil going to do something and get caught? Um, is Agent Burke going to catch him while he's secretly up to something while he's also helping them at the same time? So it, it's really interesting. I definitely recommend it. Definitely worth your time. That's it. That's all I have for today's show. Um, I would love to hear what your thoughts are about today's show and suggestions for future episodes. Um, so you can send me emails to multifarious.man.podcast at gmail.com or leave a voice message at the aforementioned new voicemail line at 904-419-3561. Until next time, Multifarious Man is out of here. Catch you next time. The Multifarious Man podcast is produced and edited by Multifarious Man Productions. Your host is John Michael Vincent, a.k.a. The Multifarious Man. Original music and lyrics by John Michael Vincent. Numerous and varied, greatly diverse and manifold. All the things I want to say that never been told. Dina Sinatra to Drake and Pharrell. What I'm listening to this week, you can never tell. Bogey and Bacall, even Meryl Streep. The devil wears Prada, even the big sleep. It doesn't matter where you stand. I'm the multifarious man. <laughs>